Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is November 8th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with news from around the world of international law, dispute resolution, and business. And if you haven't already, take a moment and share the show with a friend or colleague. And if you've got feedback for the show, drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. You already know the drill. Don't forget to leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. Now, let's get into it. This week, we begin with the news. And let's start off this conversation with some interesting topics from around the globe. First up, we head to Singapore, as in a rare move, a London-based court has allowed a Malaysia's 1MDB and Minister of Finance, Inc., Mofi, to challenge a 2017 arbitration award by consent, where about $1.2 billion had already been paid to an Abu Dhabi-based party more than 500 days after the time limit to file an appeal had passed. Justice Andrew Baker approved the application, saying, quote, that is no doubt an exceptional length of extension of grant, but this is an exceptional case, end quote. And he further went on to say it would be unfair to the claimants and an injustice to deny them the opportunity of advancing their claim. The judge argued that because of the serious allegations that arose in the case, that the party's arguments be considered on the merits, especially because they went to the alleged complicity of alleged dishonesty exhibited by Prime Minister Najib Razak, who was accused of fraud contrary to public policy. For some additional background, MOFI, a corporate body empowered to hold property on behalf of the Malaysian government and its fully owned investment fund, 1MDB, had taken international investment company, IPIC, which is already indirectly owned by the Abu Dhabi government. Ultimately, there was a dispute relating to the monies owed between the parties due to interest on outstanding funds. After a lengthy process and an arbitration before the LCIA, the LCIA issued a consent award in 2017 following a settlement brokered when Najib was prime minister. Now, obviously, because we're talking about it here, that award was not the end of the story, and the London court's decision to allow the appeal is just the latest chapter in this high-profile saga. This is a developing story, and we'll bring an update as soon as something further develops. Next, let's head over to the United States, and in particular, the U.S. Senate, where a draft of the National Privacy Bill has just been released, along with amendments to American arbitration law. First up, the national privacy standards and legislation would prohibit the enforcement of forced arbitration clauses in consumer, labor, and antitrust and civil rights disputes. This legislation is a reimagining from the House Judiciary Committee, which met for a markup of the Forced Arbitration and Justice Repeal Act, i.e. FAIR, which outlaws compulsory arbitration provisions in private contracts. Despite the bill being released, it remains to be seen exactly how such rules would be implemented in practice and, as importantly, if this draft can survive legislative scrutiny without being defanged. The privacy legislation is also a reimagining of how Americans, and in particular American businesses, or those operating in the U.S. market, manage and interact with American citizens' private data. Here are some of the key principles in this draft and something that parties will want to keep in mind as they deal with American citizens' data. First, one, should there be a cohesive standard across state lines that manages or governs U.S. data privacy? Two, requirements that collectors of personal information must inform subjects of how information is being collected, used, and shared. Third, any federal bill must ensure that companies are 
implementing reasonable measures to protect personal information. And finally, four, measures should be implemented with an eye to protect small business and innovation. Both of these draft legislative proposals could have huge ramifications for American business and American consumers alike. We'll keep an eye on these two potentially blockbuster pieces of legislation and let you know how they end up. Finally, one more news story for the week, this time out of the highest court in the United States, the U.S. Supreme Court in Badgerow v. Walter, which addresses the query of whether federal courts have subject matter jurisdiction to confirm or vacate an arbitration award under sections 9 and 10 of the Federal Arbitration Act, when the only basis for jurisdiction is the fact that the underlying dispute involved a federal question. Just this past week, on November 2nd, 2021, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments from the parties on this topic. It will be some time before the court rules in this case, but the transcripts have been made available and may provide some insights into how the court may rule. Like some of the other news we've discussed this week, this is also a developing story and we'll return to it with updates when they are available. Now, let's take a look at opportunities, where there are some unique and interesting postings for the week. First up, global law firm Withers Worldwide is seeking a junior litigation associate with one to three years experience for its San Francisco-based offices. The firm is also seeking an associate with three to five years of experience for its California offices, this time in Los Angeles. Applications are available on the firm's website. Now, these next two are for the students. First, Kirkland & Ellis is recruiting for its 2022 vacation scheme. The posting is for students in their final year of school and would be based in London starting in April 22 and going through June. The listing is posted on the firm's website. And then also in London, Arnold & Porter is advertising for its international arbitration clerkship for 2022. Applicants must have the ability to work in the UK and have a variety of matter experience in both commercial and ISDS related matters. The full posting is available on the firm's website. Then we head to Panama as oil and energy company Puma Energy is seeking a regional legal counsel with 10 years experience for its Panama City, Panama offices. We'll post the linking in the show notes. And the final posting for this week is Facebook. I mean, uh, Meta, you, you know. Okay, as the company seeks a lead counsel for litigation and regulatory compliance with five plus years of experience working in-house as a senior counsel's office or a litigator. Posting is available in the show notes and the firm's website. Finally, for this week, let's talk events. First up in events, we've got an interesting one from the ICC titled Top 10 Tips on How to Make an Award Work, Lessons from the ICC Scrutiny Process. This quote is an invitation and a conversation with members of the ICC Court of International Arbitration as they lift the veil on the most frequent points brought to the attention of arbitral tribunals by the ICC Court during the scrutiny of draft arbitral awards. This is a great event for practitioners and arbitrators alike, with the focus being improving the quality and enforceability of awards. Registration is available on the ICC website. Then, still with the ICC, this time with the Young Arbitrators Forum, or YAF, the organizers write, this in-person event is part of the Dubai Arbitration and examines how COVID-19 has promoted a significant increase in the digitalization in international arbitration, particularly the reliance on virtual hearings, one that may persist long after the pandemic has subsided, requiring that virtual hearings continue to offer a practical alternative to physical hearings. However, the virtual hearings have been at the center heated debates challenges over potential questions related to due process. Separately, many arbitration practitioners advocate in favor of 
virtual hearings as an efficient and cost-effective solution, regardless of travel and sanitary restrictions. Again, this is a great event for young practitioners, counsel, both in-house and external, and even more senior practitioners. Head over to the ICC YAF website if you'd like to register. Finally, for this week, we have for you ARB in Brief Season 1, Episode 3, featuring Suzanne Radaway, Preti Bangani, and Elizabeth Chan. As a brief refresher, ARB in Brief is a practical video guide on hand-picked arbitration. It involves a live 15-minute conversation with two arbitrators discussing hand-picked arbitration issues, followed by a 15-minute Q&A live. The venue is Zoom, and signups can be done online. That's ARB in Brief. And that's also it for the Speech Digest. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com if you have comments or feedback. Until next week, this has been the Speech Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. None of the views shared today or in any episode of the Speech Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.